Hi there, welcome to Soul Canvas, a vision for you. I'm your host, Jennifer Madsen. I am so excited to be in this conversation with you about claiming a vision for your future, whatever part of your life you want to focus on most, aligning the resources to support it, and creating the map for bringing it to life. Today, I want to offer you some distinctions and a mindfulness method that will be super helpful in your journey with your vision. First of all, vision is a one step at a time process. We don't leap to vision. We don't leap to our ultimate outcome. We get there one step at a time. Now, the challenge with that sometimes is having the patience to take those steps, especially the ones, frankly, that don't feel all that exciting or that are harder in our minds than some of the others, right? I mean, trust me, every day I am taking another step and another and another toward my vision in so many areas of my life, just like you are. And there are some of those steps that I love, that I'm very energized by. There are also some that I am not as well suited for, that I'm not as inclined to do. Maybe it's because they're more detailed or technically oriented, lots of left brain stuff, and I tend to be more picture oriented, more on the right side of my brain. And I'm not judging either of those sides of my brain. They happily coexist these days. But my point is that I don't want you to judge your resistance either. I want you to look and see what it is. I want to see what my resistance is apart from what I feel about it. It's the only way for me to see what the next step is, right? Is to get out of what I think about the resistance, what I feel about the resistance, whether I think it should or shouldn't exist, whether I should or shouldn't be resistant in the first place. If I'm all up in my feelings about it, I can't get clear on the next right step to take to advance my vision. So in our episode today, we will get into how to create that environment within us where we can clearly see what the next right step is. Now, first, let's talk about the difference between a breakthrough and transformation. There's a lot of talk in the personal development world about both breakthroughs and transformations and what they are and what they aren't. And I'd like to give you my take on them. I started coaching with Tony Robbins about 15, 18 years ago as one of his coaches and also one of his students. And I learned these concepts of breakthrough and transformation and mastery and identity, many things I use in my methods today, as well as things I've learned from other sources. And one of the things we talked about way back when was this whole idea of breakthrough. Now, sometimes people assume that their breakthrough is their transformation, but they're not the same thing. Breakthrough is really about an awareness of something, an epiphany. When you come to this place where you're like, oh, I no longer want to hold on to that way of thinking, or you have a new awareness that, you're, that you have been thinking or being in a certain way that really doesn't serve you, and you're ready to let it go. That's a breakthrough. I'll give you an, an example uh, recently. I've been divorced for a little over 10 years now. And I've been on and off the dating sites. And I've met some very nice people. 
along the way. No really uh, special relationships uh, that have been ongoing. And recently I got very tired. Like a few months ago, I was like, I can't handle this anymore. I don't want to date. I'm fine being alone. It was, it was a pretty defensive posture, if I'm being honest. And so I took a step back because I was letting my emotions around that rule the date when my vision is truly to be in partnership with someone uh, that I can share my life with and, and theirs as well. So my actions were completely misaligned with my vision. And I was making it about lots of other things like uh, there just aren't enough people that are like the people that I want to meet or I'm hearing from all the wrong people and all of these other things. And what occurred to me, because I kept doing the work of my vision and gauging where I was and understanding the disconnect and what was misaligned, all the things that I teach, I kind of like to take my own advice. What occurred to me was that what had really been missing was meeting someone who cared enough about me to check in on me. And that means more to me than simply texting. You know, conversation is great and stories are great and laughing is great and, you know, all of the good conversations and all that's fantastic. And I was really hoping to meet, I'm really hoping to meet someone who is inclined to reach out and really want to know how I'm doing. How are you? Like listens carefully enough to know how I am. Now that may not sound like a huge breakthrough for you, but it certainly was for me because what I realized in all of my primary relationships, when I sat with that breakthrough, all of my relationships romantic relationships, that I had been in partnership with people who weren't really checking in on me. Encouraging, supportive is one thing, like you go girl, but then taking the next step of checking in to see how I'm doing in that process is a whole different thing. And I realize that's been a theme actually for a very long part of my life, even before I was an adult. That was a breakthrough moment. And I realized that since that was the missing piece, perhaps now I can go forward with a different lens toward who would be a great partner for me. I can be more articulate in my dating profile about it. I can be more mindful of it in uh, recognizing it in another person, and I can do more about it from my end and make sure that I am being the person to someone else that I would want for me. So that's the actual transformation part. The breakthrough was the awareness, the actual transformation of me becoming a new person comes from doing the new behaviors and owning the new awareness over and over until it sticks. I can have a breakthrough in my thinking about how I see myself physically, understanding how what I've been eating or lack of exercise has led me to where I am out of alignment at one point, not now, but at some point was out of alignment with strong, flexible, healthy. I can break through that, let go of some of the 
emotional eating or the things that I was doing before, the actual transformation of my body and mind and spirit to one who is strong, flexible, healthy, was including some choices around food. And that transformation comes over time. Transformation comes by taking the new steps that come from the new awareness, the breakthrough over and over until they stick. The other thing I've heard a lot about in the personal development world is that there's a breakdown before the breakthrough. I don't know that I agree with that particularly. While I get that phrase in its essence, and certainly there is sometimes a breakdown, as in confusion, lack of clarity, I don't agree there's always a breakdown before the breakthrough. I think ahas can come in some of the most peaceful moments. The shifts of how I see myself and my opportunities and my potential in the world can come in while I'm in down dog. They can come in the middle of a run. They can, they can come while I'm painting a puppy. Tony Robbins happens to do the breakthroughs in a very big, break you all the way down, dramatic way with people. I'm not judging that either. I'm simply saying that it doesn't always have to be that way. I've had plenty of instances in my own life, as well as with clients, where we didn't have to completely break down in order to see what was next. And my Buddhist practice has taught me more about cultivating stillness that creates the ground for the breakthrough without having to break all the way down emotionally, physically, psychologically. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So breakthrough is an aha. It's a new sight, a new clarity, not yet a full-blown shift. It's letting go of an old belief or an old habit or an old way of coming out of situation That is the breakthrough. You can have any number of breakthroughs in a day. Some of them feel big. Some of them feel small. I'm not judging that either because I believe they're all important. So I really hope that what you'll do in your process of getting to your vision is to keep a journal of your own for this. Capture your breakthroughs. Capture the things that open the door to new sight, new clarity. Now, one of the tools that I've used countless times over the last 20 years in particular with clients is my five-step mindfulness method that is so useful in cultivating the clear sight we're talking about that enables you to go from find your breakthrough and get to your transformation. So right now, I'll give you those five steps. So you'll have that on hand when we get into the steps to owning your vision and claiming that version with your place in it. In this five-step mindfulness method, the first step is to pause. We live in a wild world, people, and we have wild minds and wild reactions, and we are all habituated in one way or another to a kind of knee-jerk reaction to life from time to time. It's different for everyone. That's cool. And it's up to each of us individually to know where our wildness lies, right? Early in recovery from addiction to alcohol and drugs, 
I heard phrases like, pause when agitated. That was life-saving information for me the first time I heard it. The many times I heard it after that, life-saving. To learn how to just step away from whatever threatened to sweep me away and pause. I even, to this day, use a particular body language to remind myself of that. I just float my hands, palms down, float my hands down in front of me, pause when agitated. Now, the second step is to breathe. I know this sounds elementary, maybe. And I also know from my coaching work that we do forget this part. In the work that I've done within large corporations, one business in particular, I was working with large groups of directors that were on their way to becoming partners. And at some point in their process, they had to come in and give presentations to a partner group about themselves, about why they should be considered for partnership. And I knew they were going to be really nervous because no matter how smart we are or capable, the moment we step up to start speaking out loud about our genius, our expertise, our values, our value to an organization, to a relationship, whatever, there's a constriction, an absolute constriction of our heart and our and ourselves. And so I would prepare them for this conversation, which had more to do with teaching them how to pause and breathe and then take the next step before they got into the room in front of these 25 high-level partners who were weighing their careers. They first needed to take this breath. Because when you go into this wild, wild world, it's too easy to just breathe from the very top part of your lungs, right? Right up here by your throat. And then you find out the body's dying for deeper breath. So you got to go deep. You got to go get that breath. So in this breath cycle, we first are going to pause and then you're going to breathe, meaning take in three counts of breath, hold it for three counts, let it out for three counts, hold again for three counts, and do that three times. The reason I gave it to my executives is because when you routinely give your body the experience of a full grounding breath, you're building a muscle memory around that. And like anything else, then when you start to get constricted, which still can happen, you can more easily find the expansiveness you need because you've been there before. If you never go there, it's tough to find it. And you definitely don't want to just try and find it for the first time when you're in your most stressful situation. When you're used to going there many times a day, pausing, expansive breathing, you're like, oh, okay, I know where to go. Okay, then once you've settled down, you've paused, you've taken these great grounding breaths, the next step in this five-step mindfulness method is to reflect, to see, to see things as they are, not better than, not worse than, not what you feel about it, but what it is right now. And this is the clarity I talk about all the time. And the reason I'm giving you this information is that as we go through this soul canvas code of identifying your genius and vision 
and aligning the resources to support that and mapping out the path to it, I promise you're going to go through that very active process for your vision and there will be times you'll feel constricted and get agitated. You start exploring your vision and your identity and alignment and you get agitated because things are off the beam a little bit, sometimes a lot. I know that because people have told me that. They've been through this with me. I know it because it's part of what happens. And it's simply part of something we need to to notice, to see. You get to learn how to stop judging yourself and beating yourself up for things and start being more discerning and curious. What is it? And what am I going to do next? So you give yourself permission to pause, take these massive, awesome, beautiful, grounding breaths, and then you reflect, what am I looking at? Once you have clear sight, then you take the next step of doing the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Take an action that will advance you in some way toward your vision. So the first four steps we've talked about are pause, breathe, reflect, do the next right thing, and then step five is to repeat. If you don't already know this about me, what you'll learn very quickly is that I am all about frameworks and distinctions and systems and process, not because that's my natural style. It's not. My natural style is pictures and music and imagination and painting and adventure. It is not my natural style to be strategic and detailed and precise and systematic. But what I've learned is that by accessing that part of my brain, I get to have all the other stuff as a result. Because anytime I get lost in picture land and out of touch with what next steps to take, I have a framework I can go back to that will systematically point me in the right direction. So this is something that gets me grounded, focused, helps me take the next step and the next, and I get my breakthroughs as I go. So that is your five-step mindfulness method in all of this. If you have an area of your life that is important to you, imperative that you advance, this will help you get there. Next time we'll talk about the actual steps for creating a vision for your life. And one of the most challenging parts of that is that you've got to make time for it. You've got to make time for the understanding of it, the application of it, the shift that comes from it, the accountability to it. But that's why we're doing this for vision, not just a wish or a hope or a dream. And if you'd like to go deeper and have real people support you in this process, go to soulcanvascoaching.com, join the mailing list, and get on the list for the next coaching circles that will open in January. That conversation, people leaning into what's really important to you and offering whatever experiences and encouragement and resources they can to help you on your journey is absolute gold. The final thing I'd like to say today about going through the process of vision is please don't forget that it's a process. Be gentle with yourself. Of course you want to challenge yourself stretch and grow. That's all part of the experience. 
Just don't give yourself a whole lot of crap. Feeling like you should be somewhere other than where you are. Be where you are. Be mindful of where you are. Be gentle with you and where you are and kick some butt and go for it. I am here for you. I am here for that. In our next episode, we'll talk more about the three components for success in the visioning process, which are mindset, method, and mastery. So be sure to hit the subscribe button and join us next time because that's what's coming up next. In the meantime, pause, breathe, reflect, see what is, do the next right thing, and repeat. I'll be back with you soon.